0614-104-702. The Car Feature. It's 21 minutes to 3 o'clock and this car feature uh, is brought to you by Total Quartz. Total, committed to better energy. And so today we're looking at a race that is the largest, in fact, in South Africa. Uh, this is uh, the largest dry, um, the largest hill race in South Africa because we have numerous races, but this is the largest hill race in South Africa. And it happens annually. It's been going on for the past 11 years, but because of COVID-19 last year, it had to be postponed to another time. And it usually happens in September, but now, or rather in May, but they pushed it back to September because of the pandemic and the lockdown. And that is the Samola Hill Climb. If you've attended, um, maybe you missed last year, uh, the fact that it was postponed and I'd really love to get your experiences because I looked at some of the videos and what happens at this particular festival out in Nisna. So fascinating. But things have had to change, which means that more of us can get involved. So joining us is the organizer of the Simola Hill Climb, and that is Ian Shroshbury. Good afternoon, Ian. Good afternoon, Zanya. Nice to be with you and with your listeners. Yes, welcome. Welcome. I was giving a little bit of history to uh, the race over the years. Um, and it's it's now uh, going to be virtual because of, of the pandemic. That's a really innovative shift. Uh, yes, it is. You know, I mean, uh, obviously, COVID sped things up uh, with, with moves with sports events to go with virtual and with e, the e-sport ver- version of it. But yeah. um, we actually started working on it before COVID hit. Um, just because being a once-a-year event, we were looking at ways to keep the event alive during, uh, let's call it the dead time, the other 11 months of the year. Yeah. And, uh, and, and as, as eSports was growing, we've been looking at it for a few years, and we started doing some work on it. And then obviously COVID sped that up and made it more urgent. Um, so, yeah, we, you know, we've had to postpone it for three times. So we postponed from May last year to September last year to May this year to September this year. Mm-hmm. So, um, so the virtual element of it fits in very nicely. And we're going to, we've started some opening rounds, but we'll have a, a, the, our first virtual hill climb competition. Um, on the weekend, we would have run the real hill climb, yes. uh, which is the 7th and 8th of May. So this time, eighth month of May. Mm. Yes, but happening now in September of this year. Yeah, so the the main event will still happen in in September, the real event, let's call it. Um, but the virtual, the virtual is now in May. Will, will run okay. on May. Yes, correct. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, it's it's such an interesting innovation, and uh, let's talk about that. What went into the work of scanning and digitizing the track? Mm. Yeah, so quite uh, quite a lot goes into that. Um, we partnered with um, Monarch Events, which is Cape Town-based um, virtual esports gaming company. Hmm. They link to ATK, who, who have a professional team, um, and they have a studio in Cape Town. So they they did all the technical side for us. They came up, they scanned the track, and then digitized it, uh, and then came up and added more and bits and pieces, and we got real competitors who compete in an event normally to try it out and to see oh. you know if the bumps were right if uh, if the cameras were right on the corner so it took a it took a long time we started in june last year and, and effectively finished it um you know the final final touches were actually done um two weeks ago but uh, but the bulk of it was done by uh, the end of february so it was a, a long process um and, and a lot of work went into it by by monarch events and their team down in cape town and what's the verdict 
really is that it's very realistic and it's very exciting. Um, so we've got we last week we had the guy who's got the record in in, in the real event yeah. up the hill, um, give it a go on the virtual, and he was quite blown away by how realistic it is and and what a challenge it is and and know how how good it feels um, even as a driver who's driven it uh, in a real car. So he was very enthusiastic about it. As were two Cunha uh, brothers who've competed before, they were also part of the development process and um, we're, we're really blown away by the real, realism of it all. Yeah. So uh, the race usually attracts international and local uh, competitors. So this way, you're saying it'll be open to, to more people to experience this uphill race? Very much so. So, I mean, that's what we're very excited about is that a, it allows more more overseas competitors to to play it, and we've already had people from overseas so logging on and, and, and playing it. But it opens it to a whole new audience: people who can't afford the normal race cars, um, people mm-hmm. who a, a new audience, a younger audience who might not have you know been aware of the event beforehand, but now are aware of it. So yeah, I think it, it, it's great for us as a as a marketing tool. And it's great for for people who'd love to compete, but as I say, won't be able to due to cost or whatever other reason to now also be able to feel what the hill feels like and to yes. participate. So let's talk about the hill. Usually, um, you know, the the surfaces or the kind of terrain that people race from uh, race on rather don't necessarily, especially in, in in motor racing, don't involve a hill. So let's talk about the drive up the hill. Um, and what it actually takes then to to perform competitively to get up there, and what kind of incline we're talking about, and what kind of maneuvering you you have to be adept with. Yeah, so hill climb just as a bit of background is the oldest one of or the oldest one of the very oldest forms of motorsport. Just because there were always some hills, and when cars were first developed, people raced up the hills because in Europe generally they were twisty and and and, and provided a nice challenge. Um, in Europe, it's still very big. In America, there's one very big hill climb called Pikes Peak, which is internationally renowned. Um, and in South Africa, hill climbs died out. It was very big in the 60s and, and the 50s, and it kind of died out. So we, um, we, the only one of our stature in the country at the moment, there, there are a few, one or two smaller ones, mm-hmm. but we, we're the only one of our stature. And what we've tried to do as well is make it more than just a motorsport event in terms of making a lifestyle event. So if, if we can use a, a horse racing analogy, we, we want it to be the Durban July of motorsport or the JNB Met of motorsport where people come for the experience and not just for the motorsport. So that's, that's, that's the first thing I think which uh, we, we'd like to mention is that it's a lifestyle event. And in terms of up the hill, our, our hill climb is quite a short version. In Europe, they tend to be a bit longer and in America, they're longer. But so ours is two kilometers long mm-hmm. and it's a very fast one. Um, the, usually the shorter ones are very twisty, but ours is, um, ours is exceptionally quick. The cars from a standing start um, get up the hill in 35 seconds. That's the record. And that's an average speed of 193 kilometers per hour. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. So at the, at the fastest point, the cars are doing 250, 270 kilometers per hour. So it really takes a, you know, to be at that, that point of it, it takes a lot of skill and, and obviously a car that can do that. Um, mm. But it's a, the competitors and, and many of our South African racing champions have competed. They say it's the most intense 35 to 40 seconds you know, they've ever experienced because it requires absolute 100% concentration and focus to, to get up the hill. 
So it's a short, sharp blast of adrenaline. <laughs> Can't believe that. 193 kilometers on average. Okay. So when we come back, we'll look at some of the cars that can get you up there two kilometers in such a short period of time. Um, and we'll continue our conversation about this year's Samola Hill climb with uh, organizer Ian Shrosby. Um, if you've participated or if you have questions about this virtual race, then do give us a call as well on 11 uh, This is where we talk cars we talk motoring every single tuesday and this time around what's happened to races 11 year old uh, uh, races like this one in light of the pandemic well luckily technology has provided a solution 702 the car feature it's uh, 10 minutes to uh, 3 o'clock and we're talking about a hill race that happens annually um, in Neisner. And this time around, the, it had to be postponed last year. The new date is uh, has been announced and the fact that it will be happening virtually just shows that uh, technology is coming to the rescue of properties such as this. Events, of course, as we know, have been disrupted. This is a lifestyle festival, but it includes this hill race up uh, two kilometers, something that happens really quickly quickly as my guest uh, Ian Shrosby was describing earlier on the organizer of the Simola Hill Climb that it takes 35 seconds at a massive speed quite an adrenaline rush uh, to get you up there so Ian um, what kind of cars have you seen the uh, achieve this feat uh, break records establish records uh, which cars because over uh, the, the the race historically has happened over several days in different categories um, over several rounds in fact so which aspects have remained in this race just to get a sense of which cars get entered and uh, which cars uh, are, are victorious uh, yeah, so one of the nice things about the hill climb and the way we structured it is that, you know, we, we cater for a very broad spectrum of cars, all the way from, I think the oldest we've had is a 1927 car, all the way to a modern, newly built specialist race car. Um, uh, about five, six years ago, we created what we call Classic Car Friday for the older cars. Um, so we have a, a winner of Classic Car Friday, which all, all those cars would be at least 1990 and older. Um, and, and that's worked quite successfully because there's a huge classic car movement and the cars, you know, have been parked with a 1927 car next to a Formula One car. It was a bit of a, a bit too much of a gap and, and the cars felt a bit intimidated. So we created our own event within an event on the Friday. And then the Saturday, Sunday is when the really quick cars get going. But we, we also categorize them over the years because again, a production car, let's say, a, a production Ferrari or a production Nissan GTR competing against a highly modified car wasn't really um, fair. Mm-hmm. So we've got we've got three basic categories on on the weekend, the Saturday, the Sunday, which is single seaters and sports cars, which is like Formula One cars and that, that type of car with open wheelers and, and a single cockpit. And then we've got highly modified saloon cars, which is uh, any type of race car. And then we have production cars, which is the standard Jaguar um, F-Type or the Nissan or, or a BMW M2 or that type of thing. So they're not allowed any modifications. So so we have category winners within it. But yeah, ultimately, the, the fastest cars up the hill have been the single-seaters. Um, so we've had Formula 1s before. Um, the current record holder was under the same map with a 35 seconds. Is a Basically, it's a Formula 1 car, but even slightly lighter. It's mm-hmm. got a, Formula One engine. It looks like a Formula One car, but it's got a much smaller fuel tank. It's built especially for hill climb. 
So it's a bit lighter. They can take some of the weight out of it. So, yeah, but it's basically a Formula One car. Um, I must say some of the saloon, modified saloon cars, though, uh, uh, one winner has won a few ta- a number of times. Franco Scavanti, he, he built a car and had it imported from New Zealand um, for, for the 2019 event. It's an absolutely spectacular car. And I think his final time was about 37 seconds up in that. So he's very close to the single seaters, which is quite amazing. Um, no one really thought oh. a saloon car would get that 37 close. 37 seconds. Mm. Mm, yeah. Um, but, but we go down to, you know, any kind of car really, uh, from, from Ford Escorts to, to whatever. And what we do every year, we obviously have uh, superstar cars, like I've just mentioned. Yeah. But we like to, I use, always use an analogy of a movie. You know, we like to have the, the stars of the show, but we like to change the movie every year. So we always look at the entries we get and we always oversubscribe. Um, and then we choose within a class to see if they're not too many of one type of car, that we have a nice mix of cars. And the classes, as you alluded to earlier, they, they go right down and, and even have, you know, like your, your Polo can compete or a, a Golf GTI or, or that type of car can compete. So, so we like to give a spread of the car type for, for the car section others who, who want to not only maybe see the high performance race cars, but also want to see the road car that they can go buy in yes. the showroom and, and compete with. Yeah, I think that's the beauty. As you say, you can uh, have the race cars alongside everyday regular cars trying to achieve this feat. But now I'm wondering about the thrills of a race. You know, the sound of the roaring engine, that faster action, just seeing them zip past. Um, and for anyone who's going to take on the race, how have you compensated for that? Well, that's um, that's where the virtual comes in. Uh, yeah. You know, I, 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 I don't know if it's going to get quite the same buzz, but I think it's very close. <laughs> Having spoken to, as I mentioned earlier, the, the Andre who's won it and he's, he's tried the virtual car, it's, it's very close. Um, you know, the the rigs you can get with, with eSport gaming now, um, you don't have to have the top-of-the-range rig, but like anything, you buy the top-of-the-range rig, it gives you a much more realistic feel than, than a lower-spec rig. Um, but, you know, the guys now have got, proper race seats and steering wheels and pedals and the whole thing and the car, the seats move with the bumps and you know so the, 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 the feeling is, is very realistic um, and as we mentioned you know the, it, it brings it to to anybody really being able to play as long as you've got a PC a gaming spec PC at home uh, you can play from the comfort of your lounge or your you know your games room or your man cave or your woman cave, whatever you want to call it. You know, um, we um, yeah, it just opens it up to everybody, which I think and, and allows allows people to get, if not one hundred percent, the feel of it, very close to the feel of the real thing. Okay, uh, we we also have this phenomenon which I really don't understand. I don't understand this one watching other people play an online game it's all the rage at the moment especially on youtube um even these games being commentated you have commentators or uh, the person who's playing is giving you all of that uh, live perspective and you just sit there and watch so as much as i don't understand how it happens at the moment can spectators watch other people att- attempt the race Yes, so our qualifying rounds now we won't be streaming, but the final um, that we're running on the 8th and 9th of May will be live streamed um, via YouTube and our social media and so on. So people will be able to watch it. But it's very interesting you say you you don't quite understand. When I started 
taking note of esports and gaming probably eight years ago. You know, I couldn't believe. I thought, well, this is just for self-indulgence. But then I suddenly saw that these big stadiums and started building yeah. specialist esports stadiums overseas, and I get thirty thousand people sitting there watching guys play. It is really quite phenomenal. Um, but I think that's also a reflection of how realistic these games have become. Mm-hmm. So, where do our listeners go to uh, keep up with all of this? Give us the details. So the easiest uh, is to go to our website. We have a link to our the virtual hill climb there, and, and and we have newsletters that we send out and so on. So our, our website is um, samolahillclimb.com, samolahillclimb in one word, mm-hmm. and double L. Um, com is the easiest way and they can subscribe to our newsletters there and yeah. you know, they can get info on the virtual and they can get info on the real thing. Fantastic. Uh, what a thrill. Let's see what other opportunities come out of this and how uh, this sort of development can solve for other events. That was Ian Shrosbury and he is the organiser of the Simola Hill Climb, a race that has now gone virtual.